You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. You're listening to the Pull Box Podcast. The International Graphic Novel Book Club. Here are your hosts, Curtis Finley and Michael Cohen. Hello and welcome back to the Pull Box Podcast. Yes, you heard that right. The Pull Box Podcast, the International Graphic Novel Book Club. <laughs> I we're back. It's only been, you know, like five years or something like that. Something like that. Um, not quite that long, but uh, almost. Um, yeah, our last episode we talked about Valerian, uh, <laughs> and it, and and to be honest, it was so bad that it just killed it just killed the whole the whole show. No, that's not true. Uh, Valerian was 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 a pretty good comic. The movie, however, I still haven't watched because I've only heard bad things. Uh, yeah, me too. But uh, I I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen. I am the other host, Curtis Findlay. And uh, yeah, man, it's been a it has been a while. It has been a minute since we've done this. Uh, I'm gonna guess but... that a lot of the people listening to this right now ha- haven't even heard of Pullbox Podcast. You know, there's a I have gotten a couple of messages from people oh, saying yeah? like like oh I've been waiting for you guys to bring this one back. Um, <laughs> okay, well that's good. Yeah, so so that is nice. It is nice. To well, have, it w- to have that. Definitely. It was, it was a nice podcast as well. I think, um, cause it, it, for those of you who don't know, we, we had a podcast where we specifically wanted to read comics and I would bring one to the table. Mike would bring one to the table. Then we would ask listeners to bring one to the table. And it was mm-hmm. so that we could, uh, get a good variety of topics to talk about and also read things that maybe we wouldn't normally choose ourselves. And, uh, yeah. And that was certainly the case. We read a lot of very different comics kind of all over the map. And um, it might have been for that reason that it kind of never really took hold and found a following. Because uh, <laughs> yeah. like when it's so, so completely random like that, it's hard to, it's hard to, it's hard to lock onto that, that very specific fan base. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, yeah. I, I would say that we had like sort of the, like a lot of the Thunderquack stuff, like a, a small but dedicated uh, yes. uh, group of listeners. Um, but I, I. It definitely wasn't it, seeing the growth we wanted to. And then we moved yeah. into some other things where there was more evident growth. And we're like, yeah, you know, let's just put this on the back burner for a little while. Yeah. I don't think at any point we said, let's never do this again. This is done forever. Yeah. Uh, but we were just like, let's just put this aside for now and see what happens. I, I think I think honestly what ended up happening is that is that you started doing Epic Marvel and yeah. that has frankly <laughs> like taken off. Like that's that's uh the the biggest show on the network now that yeah. um the I mean like like Arrow a Quiver in its heyday was a bit bigger, but not yeah. by much. Um and that heyday was it's six seven years ago so well um, yeah and that's because you, you had the popularity of a current tv show and i've yeah. got the popularity of just the marvel comics fan base which is pretty big you know yeah. and uh and but yeah both of those 
did really well for us. And and here we are now saying, let's let's try this. Not not that we're going to bring it back on a regular basis or anything, but it's like you had a slot to fill and we're like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Let's, let's do so- this again. <laughs> We've for for regular Thunderquack listeners, you guys know that that we've been doing um, our Marvel sort of uh, review commentary episodes. Uh, enough said, right? Yep. But um, but we've been doing them as the as the the properties have been coming out more more or less. Uh, <laughs> we're not quite on schedule with everything, but um, <laughs> but there's nothing right now. We we had the choice of either going back and starting at the beginning while we filled in, you know, like while we filled in time and, and doing um, Iron Man uh, sort of starting there and, and, uh, and, and filling in that back catalog. Um, but Amanda's schedule isn't going to work for that right now. So <clears throat> it made more sense uh, for us to do something else. Cause we don't want to do that show without Amanda, because that's yeah. kind of one of the keys. No, she's an important part thing. of it. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Wouldn't so, want to do um, it without her. So, so at that point, I was like, well, what what am I going to do? Like, what am I going to fill this extra week with? Um, we've well, been and doing I'm still faster, available. More intense. Yeah, you're still available. I've been doing faster, more intense for Book of Boba Fett. Um, yeah. Now we're done. We're done Book of Boba Fett. Uh, and I announced on that last uh, uh, faster, more intense. I'm done with Star Wars podcasts. Uh, I, I mean, like at least for now, but in my eyes, indefinitely. Um, I, cause I just want to enjoy the shows and stuff. And, and one of the things was like, was like, if there was one show that I could bring back from the dead right now, what would it be? And the first one was pull box because, um, exactly, exactly what you said of like, we read a lot of books that we never would have picked up like on yep. both sides of the table. Cause you and I oh, have, for sure. have, we have a lot like, like there's a Venn diagram and there's a lot of overlap, but we also <laughs> have very different tastes in, in the stuff that we seek out. So um, Definitely. it was, it was a great opportunity of like, Hey, do you want to do this? Let's read some comics. Uh, yep. uh, and, uh, and yeah, you, you definitely brought, uh, I, it's good. I like this. So we've got two books for this episode and it's a mix of like, I can't believe we didn't cover this on the show already. Like literally that was the conversation. I was like, are you sure we didn't do this? Um, and then another one that like, I, I would have totally skated past. Um, yeah. I think maybe I'd seen the cover and heard and, and, and seen a couple of recommendations online, but, um, but never would have really like, like uh, dedicated the time to it. But because you said, Hey, let's read this. It was like, yeah, cool. Let's do it. Um, yep. The other thing that's changed since the last time we did a pull box podcast is that um, the, the prospect of like with some of these books, it's like, oh, we're just going to get because we like to do first volumes. It's sort of like an introduction thing. Um, I, and, I, and so you got to go to the comic shop. You got to you got to buy the physical comic book. And then if you don't like it, it's like, well, now I have this thing. <laughs> <laughs> what do I do with this? I don't want to put it on my shelf. I, yeah. I I'm much more selective than you, right? Like like you you have oh for sure you have the library downstairs, but but um, I we have, we were just over at your house on the weekend, and Crystal on the drive home was like, Curtis has a lot of books, and I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, it really puts it into perspective uh, that like that that I'm actually very like restrained in my in my purchasing, um, but but, the, but, but the, not with your Lego. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, not with my. That's exactly what yeah. I said. I, said oh, I put all my money into Lego now. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but Lego is an investment. So I. But anyway, I, <laughs> I, I. It's worth more than gold. Like literally, by all measures, it's worth more than gold. Oh man, it is so um, expensive. I, I. But I. <laughs> the the th- the big thing that has changed is that is that digital comics are now. Oh, yeah. so accessible comiXology was like a new thing when we were recording um and it wasn't ideal it wasn't it wasn't a great way to read comics i didn't have a device that really made sense for it but i got my ipad pro not that long ago um, and it was still kind ago. of expensive too like nowadays yeah. the, the digital comics especially when you can get them on sale at on comiXology yeah. are so cheap and i just happened to both of these books i happened to get on sale um, uh, the sort of like first volume introductory prices to begin with, and then also on sale, and it was like awesome. I mean, like one of these I already <laughs> yeah. own in the most expensive hardcover that they make of it. But um, I, but yeah, what are the, what are the books? What are the books okay. that we're reading? <laughs> uh, okay, we're going to tackle the first volume of Why the Last Man by Brian K. Vaughn and Pia Guerra. Guerra. I'm not exactly sure how you pronounce her last name. Um, but it's something like that. Um, the, the other book we have is Monstrous, Volume 1, by Marjorie Liu and Sana Takeda. And the, both of these books are Eisner Award winners. Um, and here's an, this is kind of what turned me on to Monstrous. I was at, um, I've only been to Comic-Con in, in San Diego once in my life, and I got to attend the Eisner Awards ceremony, which I was very excited about. And this book, Monstrous, took home like i don't know like half a dozen awards that night it was unreal how many like yeah and marjorie liu was there and she kept on coming back up onto the stage and eventually she's like she's like i've got nothing more to say here um and and, uh it was just (laughs) yeah exactly thanks again um but like the critics, the the voting people, the voting, the voters are the people in the comic industry. Everybody who is a professional comic book writer, artist, whatever, um, gets to to vote in these, and they all loved this so much. And so, um, eventually, I got it, and I haven't. I've been putting off reading it, not for any good reason, just I haven't gotten around to it. And so, it's just I, on the stack. <laughs> it's right? on the like, stack, the ever growing stack. Yeah. And so I did yeah. pull it off of my shelf. And coincidentally, like the next day, Mike, you, you said, Hey, let's do this. And I'm like, Hey, I just have this book that I just pulled off the shelf. And I think you might be interested in it. Um, mm-hmm. And that's that. And then, yeah, Why the Last Man is uh, an old favorite of yours and one yep. that I actually hadn't read before. I have been working my way through this series for the first time over the past few months and i actually finished the whole series volume 10 i finished yesterday so i'm i'm on board to talk about this first volume and it's a there it's interesting to me that both of these books have a pretty big similarity that i'll i'll talk about when we get into them um but uh how do you want to do this mike um, t- I mean, I, tackle... I, I think we can get into why the last man first. Okay. And uh, just kind of, just kind of generally talk about it. I mean, we, um, <clears throat> we covered basically everything else in the, uh, I, I, I think in, in the Brian, in King, older well, no, I wouldn't say everything else, 
but but we covered a lot of the Brian K. Vaughn oeuvre. We, I mean, we did Pride of Baghdad. We did Ex Machina. We did The Escapist. We did the first volume of Runaways. Like, yeah, that's uh, right. I, which, which I would say, like, are kind of, and then you throw his, Why the his Last greatest Man hits. and Saga in there. Like, those are those are the Brian K. Vaughn books, right? Um, yeah, and Saga, I think, was it, it hadn't come out when we were doing Pullbox before. Otherwise, we probably would have stuck that on there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, so yeah, it was, to me, it was really surprising when you were like, let's do, let's do why the, cause, cause you brought Monstress first and I was like, cool. Yeah. yeah it looks good. And I looked up, looked it up on Comixology and was like, oh, cool. It's like, it's like seven bucks right now. Like it was on sale, um, off of the introductory, introductory price. And I was like, rad. Yeah, totally. I'll, I'll, I'll pick this up. There's no downside to this one picking up a comic yep. for seven but i uh, uh 200 plus pa- i mean almost 300 pages right uh yeah. first volume it's like yeah okay for seven bucks let's go um and uh and then you were like why the last man and i was like i i swear we did but you know <laughs> yeah. what has probably happened is that just every other time that we talked about brian k vaughn we probably talked about why the last man and just never did it. The other one that I that whenever I look back at the list of the books that we read, and I can't believe that we never did it, is I don't think we ever did Fable, did we? Right, um, like maybe not. I don't. I don't, know. I don't think we did. I don't think we ever did. So, um, like two That's massive o- oversights because Fable is one of the greatest comic books ever written. Yeah, um, it's so good. And and I would have absolutely said that about Why the Last Man prior to rereading volume one no kidding hey so i definitely want to talk about that when we get into it it's there's uh it hasn't aged very well no which is so interesting because if i were to pick up the escapists and read it right now which is really like i think brian Kavon's first big breakout that was like i think that was one of his first like like sort of writing for himself not not writing for for one of the for one of the big publishers right and uh, and and I would guarantee you because I've read The Escapist I think four times, like it 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 holds up. The Escapist is a is a fantastic book. Um, but yeah, with Why the Last Man, it was like, ooh, yeah, wow, this there's a lot in here that um is objectionable. And then also like this first volume does not get going. Like it <laughs> it it really struggles to like. And it, and it just kind of reminded me of of the whole thing of like oh yeah that's right I've never finished it I have I have every volume I have the deluxe hardcovers which it, I I there's you've never finished this series I've never I've never read the last volume what um, okay yeah. so it has it, I think it has a satisfying conclusion actually I I quite enjoyed how they ended it how they how they conclude the whole thing um, but yeah there's just things culturally the world has progressed in a different way. And this book was very specific in the time that it was written. So, uh, okay. So just a a brief little, you know, brief synopsis about what this book is about. Um, Some sort of biological plague has wiped out every being with a Y chromosome. That means male, every male mammal, every, every mammal. Yeah. And so it's, yeah, it's not just people, it's animals as well, except for the main character in this book, Yorick, that's the Y, Y Yorick, Y chromosome is clever, right? <laughs> um, and his pet monkey, Ampersand. Uh, these two, these are the two surviving male mammals 
on planet Earth. They happen to be together. And so now this one guy has to navigate living in a world where um, either, you know, there's there's uh, one side of the female population that wants to save him because he's going to, you know, keep the human race going. And it's the other part of the, the female uh, race that wants to kill him because he's the last remaining oppressive part of the patriarchy that okay. uh, that exists on the planet. So that's kind of where his struggle is. He has to stay alive, and he's he's got a good cast of a couple of um of women who've come around him to to help him out. One's one's like a bodyguard um, who's trying to deliver him to another woman who's a, a geneticist who who's working with in cloning who can hopefully clone some more male people and um you know they they meet a cast of different characters all they travel all over the world through this book Mm -hmm. yeah um yeah it's 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 such a it's such an interesting thing to go back to when was it originally published Uh, it's it's early 2000s right yeah 2002 is when it started and the series went it, it ran for about 60 issues so i think that's maybe five years or so yeah um and uh, i there there are definitely some funny things in it like i uh, uh, at one point i uh, uh they they call out i uh, because they're they're trying to track somebody down and they're like they're looking there's like you know try and find anything you can like a like a notebook or like a palm pilot <laughs> it's like a palm <laughs> yeah. pilot whoa <laughs> that's a blast from the past uh, kids well, yeah, it, this book took. Yeah, this this book. It's, it's always interesting to read or to watch end of the world movies because, <clears throat> and Walking Dead is the same way. It's like they, yeah. the world stopped in this book at two thousand and two. That's when the world ended, and so things didn't advance any further than that. So even though, um, you know, the, this this book carries on for five years, but you don't see any of the advancements in five years. Uh, that w- that took place normally, and one of those advancements is just the the cultural shift in the views of LGBTQ people and the spectrum of genders. Um, mm-hmm. All of that has progressed because this is a now, if you can believe it, this is a twenty year old book now. Yeah, um, and the world has changed a lot in twenty years, and the the it, it's not reflected in this book, which means that there are a bunch of outdated views and a lot of things that are kind of cringy now in, in, in the way they deal with that. Um, just even like terms, like they, they keep referring to transsexuals instead of transgender and that kind of thing. Or, or cross dresser, right? Like, yeah. 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 yeah, They're definitely using like outmoded terms that we wouldn't use nowadays because, um, because advocates for those communities have said, we don't like these terms. So mm-hmm. I, I, it's like, okay, that's the only reason we need to stop using them. But yeah, yep. but the, but the book definitely still contains a lot of that. Yeah. And I wouldn't want them to go back and, you know, redo the, the words to bring it up to date or anything like that, because, you know, I, I'm a firm believer of, of viewing things as they were, you know, experiencing things as they were written, originally written and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, so you do have to read this with that in mind that this was written 20 years ago and that yep. the world is a very different place from now. And but, and yeah. and noting that that this book 
and Brian K. Vaughn as an author, I I have like were at the time viewed as very progressive. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and I would say that, like, if you've read Saga, then then, you know, that like. Unlike certain uh, uh, writers out there who maybe, you know, uh, created shows about vampire slaying uh, blonde girls, um, <laughs> Brian K. Vaughn has evolved with the times. Like as yep. as the world has changed, he's kept up with it. And um, uh, yeah, I don't and, think he would and, have written this book the same way today that no, he would have 20 no, years absolutely. ago. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Like it would be very different because the way that he that he treats um uh like like you say like the gender spectrum and uh and 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 sexuality and 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 sexual identity and that sort of thing in saga is very much of now right like it's 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 much more inclusive and um and and i I don't want to say respectful because i think that why the last man was as respectful as you would expect any piece of pop culture to be any piece of progressive pop culture to be yeah at the time back then yeah um but uh but but yeah like like uh, saga definitely um learns those lessons and, and evolves along with it so um so i, I thing... think that that's an important piece of like retroactive historical context that you can put on mm-hmm. a book like this of like oh it's not that brian k vaughn was a terrible person and we and we lifted him up to to like this set no no he was he was doing the best that that he could under those circumstances and society has changed for the better in a lot of ways. Right. So having said that though, um, I find that he always does try to be more on the edgy side, of course, of course. And um, this, this is full and not just about the LGBTQ language, um, but he uses words in here all throughout the series that are very, very derogatory. And, I was like, oh, man, he just doesn't need to use these words. It's like, you know, he definitely uses the N-word a few times throughout here and and mm-hmm. other slurs to to reference Chinese people or um or even the even other words that aren't used today um in yeah. in a derogatory sense, retarded and, and that kind of stuff. Like he he throws yeah. those around like they're just nothing throughout this book. And I'm like, I mean, I know it's for adults. I know it's like you know, he's free with the F word or whatever, but it still, it still rubs me I, the wrong way reading it. It It is, it is definitely a product of like the late nineties, early two thousands of like, like you say, like he's like, he's trying to be edgy. Right. Yeah. Um, and that was definitely a situation uh, that was common in, in indie comics uh, yeah. at that time. Right. There were, there were two, actually there were three different ways that you could be edgy in the early two thousands. And one of them basically got you like, like banned from shelves in almost all stores. And that was to be edgy with sexuality, mm-hmm. um, uh, which I think you get away with a lot more now. I mean, like uh, a book like oh, for uh, sure. sex criminals is a great example. Um, yeah. just, uh, you know, on the shelf alongside every other uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. image whatever i don't know who sex criminals is image i think but um yep i but i yeah the, like the other the the other ways were with like insane violence um uh not not always not always like gratuitous but like crimson is a really good example crimson is very violent and very gory 
um like because it's kind of got a little bit of the horror vibe to it with the vampire stuff right but that was it that it it was being edgy. It was like, oh no, we're doing this with cliffhanger with image because you couldn't do this in a Marvel comic book, right? Like that's sort of that's <laughs> yeah, sort of well, the attitude. Right? And that's becoming more commonplace too. I mean, look at Monstrous. Yeah. I was very surprised sure. at how gory, yeah. violent that one is. But that, wow. yeah, but then the other way was with was with language, with language. and yeah. Brian shock, K. The shock Vaughan, value of it. Yeah, Brian K. Vaughan being very much a writer's writer is he's kind of he's kind of i've always kind of seen him as like the comic book kevin smith like his his dialogue is very similar to kevin smith's dialogue of the like unnecessarily expletive and as well as um like pop culture every 30 seconds and and uh and and like like i uh, i stream of conscious monologues from characters right like yeah like there's a there's a lot of why the last man that is yorick and another character walking from one place to another while he waxes poetic about some stupid (laughs) pop culture thing it's like that is such a kevin smith thing yeah like it's so kevin smith yeah um and i'm sure that and 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 i would say that like why the last man because of the character yorick is the most like that of any of his work um that's a, there's a bit of that in everything uh maybe pride of baghdad exclusive uh, excluded because <laughs> the the lions don't so much talk about pop culture but um no. i i but yeah like like runaways uh, uh ex machina right yeah even saga saga is weird because it takes place in a far-flung future on the other side of the galaxy sort of thing but it still manages to to it the thing about saga is that it actually crafted its own pop culture world inside the book right. and it references its own man. Oh, Brian K. Vaughn's a real, he's a, he's he, like I said, he's a writer's writer. <laughs> like he's re- he's real high on his own supply. Um, <laughs> I, I, which, which, you know, is, is inadvisable at times. And saga got way off the rails as a result, in my opinion. But, um, uh, and 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 hopefully it gets back on track. I think that's why they took a break. But mm. uh, but yeah, uh, but but why the last man is very much like his I uh, I uh, Kevin Smith sort of uh, styled um, uh, uh, post apocalyptic <laughs> one guy and all these like it conceptually it's a it's a Kevin Smith idea. You know what I mean? Like it's so along the same lines as the sort of stuff that he did. It's really funny how that, how that kind of crosses over. But, uh, but in, yeah. in that way though, Kevin Smith would have gone in such a different direction because the main character, Yorick, while he's like living in this fantasy world where all of the women did just are after him, <laughs> he's yeah. not a horn dog himself and doesn't, uh, doesn't take advantage of that. Um, in fact, I actually really like Yorick's character a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, honorable, and respectful and he's kind of a dimwit but in a likable way uh mm-hmm. and, and and his character arc through the whole book and this is why i say you got to wa- read the end because once you get to the very last volume and i don't know if you've read because obviously his one of the the main purpose of this book isn't actually to figure out why the men died or to restart the human race it's been on a mission, uh, Ben, sorry, Yurik on a mission 
to reunite with his fiancée, Beth. That's the whole point of this book. That's kind of his motivation for every action he takes is... um, is 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 because he's trying to get back to wherever his his girlfriend is and so yeah. you know by the end of the book of course they have to reunite at some point and did you get to that part of the story do you know do you remember uh, i don't it's it, 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 this this has always been the problem is that like i had been reading through it and um and caught up and yeah. then started reading other stuff and when the final volume came out i think what happened is that before the final volume came out, they started doing the hardcovers that I was collecting. So the yeah. the plan was I'll finish this when I get the final hardcover. Uh, yeah, and right. then, and then that took so long that by the time that the final hardcover came out, it was like, Oh my God, it's been so long since I've read this. I don't even remember where, <laughs> like, I don't, I well, like, I remember the yeah. beginning of the story. I don't remember. Like, like I remember that, um, there's astronauts that are in outer space and it's like, Oh, uh-huh. there's a guy on, on like in this capsule and the capsule. And I don't remember what happens. I don't remember okay. like the capsule lands. I don't remember if the guy, if they <laughs> pop the capsule and the guy's face explodes like every other man. Like, I don't remember any of that stuff. And like, I vaguely remember some of the other characters and that sort of thing. But yeah, well, you got to do a reread. I can't, I know I'd it's dated and such, it. but it yeah. is, um, it is like, like I said, Yorick's, Yorick's character arc going through the whole thing and then getting to the end where he reunites with his girlfriend and what comes after that, uh, shows a real distinction from what you see at the bottom and which is good. You want your character to progress, mm-hmm. but the whole time he still stays Yorick. He still say, stays this kind of geeky, uh, dimwit who doesn't really know how to handle himself, but in the end, he does know how to handle himself, and he has learned things, and it's it's quite good. Um, there's also character arcs with Agent Three Fifty Five, the bodyguard character. Mm-hmm. Um, it, she's the other really great character in this book as well, and has a has a good character arc. Uh, yeah, I I think this first volume, like you said, starts off slow, but it's because they. I don't know if Brian Kavon is too ambitious with his work uh, in this first volume because there are so many moving pieces not only are you being, being introduced to all of the main characters but there's also the storyline with the president what's the president doing with this and this um these assassins from from the middle east uh come into play and then they're also like flip-flopping between these flashbacks with what happened on the day of uh you know the end of the world so there are so many moving pieces and yeah, it really isn't until the second volume where all of that kind of gets straightened out and we meet all of the supporting cast that we're going to have for our journey there on out. And then kind of the story actually begins at that point. Yeah. 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 It it was, I was, so I, I was actually literally finishing it this afternoon and, um, looked at how many pages I had left and was like, Oh, there's a lot of book left here. And uh, like, I was probably about halfway through it and then started reading and noticed within like a couple of seconds that I was already, that I'd already read like seven or eight pages and was like, Oh, Oh, that's right. This is Brian K. Vaughn. He's like, like the, his, his books are, are page turners. Like they, they yeah. go oh, really yeah. fast. 
all of his so, stuff is. Um, I read it so, uh, in these. I read it in the, yeah. the single volumes. There's ten volumes, mm-hmm. and yeah. you can knock out one of these volumes in under an hour for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They're um, they're really he, the flow is great, and what I like also is the artwork. Um, Pia yeah, Guerra. Pia Guerra is 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 yeah. I mean, she's a genius. Um, she's fantastic, uh, and going back to this yeah. first volume after having just read the tenth volume as well is she grows and improves so much through these in these five years like going back to this mm. first volume you think it looks great but it's so amateur compared to what she eventually yeah. grows into by the end of this series it's quite a quite neat to see and to watch it unfold it's funny because like uh, i i i do equate i think because i read them at this i started reading them at the same time um why the last man in fables um and and um uh mark buckingham right is yeah. the illustrator yep. on fables it's sort of like a similar thing of like when i was younger this style of comic was not something that i found appealing um i i wanted i mean like like you know we've talked on on pullbox a lot about humberto ramos being one of my favorite artists um yeah and definitely when I was younger, that's what I was after that sort of stuff. I wanted, I wanted like, like the cliffhanger stuff. I wanted Humberto Ramos. I wanted uh, J Scott Campbell. I wanted Joe Madera, totally. right? Like that's, I wanted that like, Oh, you can only do this in comic books sort of thing. Um, and so, and had kind of been ignoring anything more like, and rightly so it's for a more mature audience, right? Like this is, yeah. th- these are adult, books for adults so the pacing and the and the layouts and stuff like that are going to be very different than um you know vampires ripping people's throats out and, st- and dragons you know shooting fireballs <laughs> and stuff yeah. um and i like both of these things are fantastic this is the thing that that's great about <laughs> being an adult who who doesn't grow up is that like you get to embrace both aspects of that and be like i don't know sometimes i want to read fables and sometimes i want to read crimson and there's nothing and sometimes i want to read i don't know spider-man loves mary jane right like like there's there are books across the gamut and they're all good for different reasons yeah but um but i think that that pia guerra's work is i i I think one of like the pillars of sort of that um, it's not quite indie cause it's image and it's, it's not image in the early days. It's image quite a ways in. Right. Yeah. But I, I, but I do think that like her style is very much the indie style. Right. Um, yeah. Again, another thing that makes me go like, this is like the Kevin Smith, version of of a brian k vaughn book right because because it's very much got that um that that same sort of indie attitude to it um but yeah yeah and and i mean like yeah her art her art has uh progressed over the years for sure so so that's not surprising to me that like you would you know from go from the 10th volume all the way back to the first one and be like mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah especially five years of drawing the same characters and in, in similar situations right mm-hmm. like you you you're gonna get better at those specific things so well and just her poses are more natural and her storytelling uh, ability improves quite a great deal as well if there's a just the the flow of the panels the action how the action reads in the in the pages um she she learns a lot i guess over these I mean, how can you not 
because um, mm-hmm. when you get to the last volumes, it's just she she tries newer, different techniques that are more advanced. And you know, going back to reading this first volume, uh, it just seems I don't know, not as not as it's great. a little bit. But, I mean, it's, it's still little, great. It is a little bit <laughs> flat, right? Like it's it's yeah. a little it's a it's it's a little um I I I. Yeah, flat. I guess is the best way to put it. It's it's, it's just more ordinary. I guess yeah. it's reserved. Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. Um, huh. Cool. Uh, I don't know. Is is there anything else to say about why the last man? Do you want? To, I didn't watch the show. You watched the show. Oh, that's uh, right. I did. Do, yeah. Do you, want, do you want to talk about that a little bit? So the the show is very very. It's the same but different. Like they, of course, which which is all media adaptations, right? Um, instead of dropping us in the middle of the end of the world, like they do with this book and then telling the story in flashbacks, they are more linear in their storytelling. So it really is, this first season is about the end of the world and how humanity kind of reacts to that. Uh, it focuses a lot more on the president and stuff going on in the white house. And, um, and Yorick is kind of even more of a loser in the movie than he is in this book, uh, which I don't know. He's not as, I don't find him as likable or as lovable as, as he is in here, mm. um, which maybe is problematic if you're watching the show and they give hero a way bigger role. She's pretty much a main character and, um, and Beth is completely different as well. So it's, they use Beth as, um, as a, a counterpoint to all of the good guys, in this show so and apparently it was not watched enough so it's not renewed for a second season and uh they really only got to maybe the stuff that happened in the second volume when they go to the there's a a farmhouse with a group of women they find out that all of all of the women are escaped convicts from a female prison not too far away from there uh that's in the show but and we're introduced to the Amazons, but we don't get any further than that. Mm-hmm. No astronauts yet. <laughs> Not quite. Um, no. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like I, it's funny because I, because I am such a big Brian K Vaughn fan. Um, I, I, when, when, as soon as why the last man became available on iTunes, cause I don't have cable. So uh, as soon as it was available, I, I purchased it on iTunes the yep. whole season without watching an episode and then I haven't watched any of it. <laughs> it's it's just been like I just keep putting it off and putting it off. But um, I thought it was enjoyable. I enjoyed seeing. I'll, I, I will, I'll get around to it eventually for sure. But. I really liked three fifty five and uh, mm-hmm. the actress that portrays her. I thought that that she was really good. Okay. But uh, I mean, yeah. Overall, read the books. Yeah. Um, if we, it's, it's just really quickly speaking of, of, uh, comic book adaptations on, on like to TV shows, um, if we keep going with, uh, uh, with, with pull box sort of every, every so often, uh, one of the, one of the books that I'm going to bring in the future is going to be sweet tooth. Cause I oh, watched yeah. the first season of sweet tooth on Netflix and like, yeah. I love that show. It's so, me so too. Good. It was fantastic. Yep. Yeah. Yeah phenomenal um and so i really really want to read the 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 first volume mm-hmm. of that but that's one of those ones where like i want to watch the show before i read the books um so i'll, I'll, I'll read just the first volume and wait for season two to come out <laughs> that sort of thing 
but uh yeah um cool the books uh, are you, quite different want... yeah yeah I, of yeah, course I, they have I, a way different feel like they don't have um i know the show's going for that um what's the style that i want to say it's like like fans of Juno would probably like Sweet Tooth, that sure. kind of thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But the book doesn't feel like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, do you want to talk about Monstrous now? Let's sure, go. yeah. Let's switch gears over to that. So um, set this one up because this one, I think this one <laughs> needs a lot of setup. Uh, yeah, uh, it's heavy. How do you even describe that? How do I you don't... even begin? Yeah. Okay, so... <laughs> There is, if this is like, um, I don't know if it takes place, it's a fantasy world, and, I, and I'm assuming it's like maybe the future, but it's definitely not our timeline or Earth or anything like that. There's, it's about two main races of beings. One is humans, which, and they call themselves, most of them, they refer to themselves as the Daughters of Eden. And then there is the the arcane, the arcane is that what they call themselves? Um, yeah. They are half breeds; they're half human and half monsters, um, and they're at war with each other, right? Of course, because they, you know, you always attack what you hear, what you fear and hate. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but the um, and, and then there's also this this old they call themselves the old gods i guess which are an out of date old race of beings that are extinct or in in hiding or something like that but anyway we're the main character is is one of these arcane creatures Mm -hmm. Uh, but this one doesn't look like a arcanic that's what it is arcanic um the she looks like a human which most of them kind of look like monsters. So she yeah. can pass as a human. Um, and she gets a hold of a mask and the mask, she has to collect the pieces of the mask and the mask is going to do something when it's all together. But then there's also this old God that's residing inside her that comes out. And I don't know, I don't exactly know how to describe it other than, <laughs> than that, but it it's very interesting because the whole world that these two creators, Marjorie Liu and Sana Takeda, have created, take elements from a whole bunch of different ancient cultures and mythologies. Like there's a lot of Egyptian influence, a lot of Chinese influence, a lot of European Christianity influence. And they kind of mush it all together to create this amazing world. Um, and it's beautiful. The The artwork is just it's just yeah. incredible um and the story is so dense with like political um political intrigue and um just yeah the, the lore of the mythology of these of these creatures and it's just um yeah very very interesting and compelling as you go through each page and uh throughout the uh throughout the book you're just introduced to new concept after new concept with no real explanation about why, like all of a sudden there are, there's a cat with two tails that talks. And then a couple issues later, there's like a Egyptian dog creature and it's like, what the heck is going on? Yeah. It's, um, it's, 
it's one of those books that gets so deep into its world building that you definitely at times lose the plot. Yeah. I, I thankfully the plot is in this first volume at least, but you can kind of tell it, it won't stay that way. But in the first volume is pretty dead simple. Um, right. Which is good. That, it it yeah. needed to be that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's very much a revenge plot. And I, uh, I, and, and this, this mask is kind of tied into all of that. And there's this larger mystery box component to it um, that, that you're kind of paying attention to, but um, I don't know. It's I, I'm, I'm a bit split. Like I have mixed feelings on this book because on the one hand, like you said, the art is phenomenal. It's astounding. Uh, it's, yeah. it's so good. It has its own, uh, very unique perspective. Um, it's, it's very obviously, uh, uh Asian influenced, mm-hmm. but it's not straight up manga right. or, or, uh, you know, anime either. Like it's there, there is actually quite a bit of, of, um, North American and even I would say European influence in it. Um, cause it's kind of actually got, <clears throat> I I would say that like like it's it's almost like uh like manga meets sort of Mobius in a way right like yeah, sort of that yeah. that European sort of sort of vibe to it not quite as uh surrealist as as someone like Mobius but but kind of you know what you know what it reminds me of is um is Battling Boy I I that, oh that, yeah the that, Paul Pope that sort of yeah the Paul Pope so like like that sort of uh with a little um, bit more that, realism that's, well that's more sci-fi and this is more in the fantasy thing but then but then definitely leaning more towards sort of those Asian influences of yeah of anime and manga and 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 that sort of thing so um it is interesting to to watch this now marjorie liu and sana takeda have both worked together before on um, x23 yeah uh and so that was before this and it's neat to see the them continue to work together and mm-hmm. so when um sana takeda is japanese and she lives in japan and i don't even know if she speaks English. I think I we saw a video of her saying something at um at, at the Eisner Awards, but it wasn't um, but she, it wasn't in English. Hmm. So the, the, like these two creators create the book, and they're on opposite ends of the world, um, but they still seem to really have a good handle on what each yeah. other are trying to accomplish. I just love the textures in like the hair. And the cross-hatching patterns she puts in the backgrounds and on on furniture, on on clothes, uh, so much detail. It's just really, really nice to watch. And then the coloring is so good, too, using a muted palette most of the time. Yeah, Yeah, it's incredibly elaborate. And yet, um, I never found it hard to follow, which an art style like this can often lead to, you know, like I got to look at this page three or four times in order to figure out, you know, in a physical yeah. space, what just happened. But, um, but, but it's staged really well. Um, and the, and the flow is really good. So you never, you never really feel like you're not following the action. Uh, I, I think that there are some tricks in there to avoid those problems. 
um, that are very oh, for sure. manga influenced, right? Of like like sort of quick cuts and that sort of thing. Um, if it were if it were uh, uh, like a, a in motion, there would be a lot of edits in the fight scenes. It would be very very <laughs> frenetic in that way. Definitely, but but still very easy to follow. The writing I found to be very much sort of. Uh, I, I, I don't know how do I phrase this. I it's it's just it's just kind of the, the 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 snake eating its tail to a certain degree, where you're like, all right, maybe I should care about these characters before you start telling me all of this mythology. Um, <laughs> I think I think. I think what happened is that in 1977, uh, uh, this guy named George Lucas, uh, you know, released a movie that um, was a masterclass in how to build a world for fiction, uh, particularly for sci-fi and fantasy. Um, and ever since then, people have been taking the wrong lessons from it. I, including the people who make Star Wars, I, I, and, and getting very like into their own, um, visual dictionary paragraphs of, and this character in the background is named, you know, blah, 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 blah. And they came from this place and they do this, but and it's like, okay, cool. Um, but if you go back to that movie from 1977, none of that stuff is important. What's important is the characters and their journeys. And it stays solely focused on that through the three original movies. And then in those prequel films, it goes back and it actually spends a lot more time talking about the world and talking about politics and dynamics between groups and right. Like, and that's where I think a lot of people then go like, Oh my God, this is so boring. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And this book, this book definitely is more Phantom Menace than it is a New Hope. Um, and yeah, then on I can top see that. It's that, very dense. Yeah, yeah. It it ha- it it has the added challenge of an unlikable antihero as your central character, um, which like it really takes the whole book. It's no, it wasn't until I finished that I was like, oh, maybe I do care where this is going, right? Because because <laughs> at many points during the book, I was like, why am I supposed to care about this girl? Like, right, like, and I, yeah, it's through the flashbacks, especially in the last half of the book that you really get yeah. the her, her backstory and why she is the way she is. And also once once the demon starts manifesting uh, in, I think that's in the form the real of her arm, yeah. that's totally, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And then you see a lot of that, what that influence had on her. Yeah. Um, what I found really interesting, the, the two books that we talk about today are 99% female cast. And yeah. of course, you know, with Why the Last Man, of course, it's all going to be female because the, all the male died. But in this world, all of the characters are women. And the the contrast, though, between the two is quite different because why is written by a man and i found that reading all of the women characters they're they're treated most of them are treated like they're men just in female bodies like he's he's trying to convey that these because all the men died the women have to like 
become more manly to compensate or something like that. It's like, I felt like that was how he portrayed women. In the, but then this one, especially because it's written and drawn by women, they it just has such a different feel to the way that these characters, even the most manly of the women characters are still treated. Um, you know, they're still written like women, if, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Well, I, I think, I think the biggest thing is that with monstrous, it, it never draws attention to the fact. Yeah. Right? I think that's what like, it is. Yeah. It's, it it's it's framed in a way of like well our lead character is a woman i mm-hmm. uh, and i uh, and and the primary motivating relationship in her life is with her mother so right yeah. there it's like okay so there's going to be a lot of a woman talking about her relationship with her mother so that's two women right and then and then the way that the 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 antagonists are are structured is that like they're they're witches it's a they're it's it's a cross between a coven and uh and sort of uh a, a, like a priesthood right but but mm-hmm. um, like a i guess a priestesshood um because it is very much like it's it's if witches were organized like the Catholic Church. I think that's that's sort of <laughs> yeah. that's that's kind of the idea behind them, and I think that that's a commentary on the Catholic Church and and all that stuff. It's it's not it's not hidden very far below the surface on this one. Uh, yeah. it's it's very clear what that's about. But I I but yeah, I I think that those two factors then lead to. Um, uh, a, a a world in which like okay we're spending a lot of time with women you know talking about this story and and talking about power and uh, i you know uh, these struggles and that sort of thing um but that it like i said it never draws attention to it it's not it's not like anybody's ever like oh man it's all these all these women calling all the shots like no it's just like the characters in this world that have power just happen to be women um it's definitely not overt yeah a lot of the male characters happen to be non-human so it's (laughs) it's like i because like you talk about like that cat shows up and it's like okay I, I, you know, sort of the, right. there's our, our, um, Obi-Wan Kenobi type character who's going to give us sage advice and point us in the right direction. Although our lead yeah. character is not going to listen to any of it ever at any point in time. Of course. But I, I, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, and then even later on in, in the book, when we get, um, when we see another one of these cats and he's all like decked out with like the swords and everything, he's like the leader of so a, cool. Of a, of an elite group and it's like that's like, so, so there's another there's another overtly male character but it's another cat right um and then we do get what to me feels like the introduction of a romantic interest character and uh, yes he is a uh, he's a man and he's very dashing and uh and and mysterious because he's got a mask on half of his face which like like wow uh, she's got a mask and he's got a mask and she never wears it but it's like the connection between these two things is is very obvious but he also has giant wings and is like he's an arc mechanic as well so he's half man half uh raven i think that they, they, they uh they, they call yeah him. 
for him. That's right. So it's like it, it, there are there are these other elements in it where it's like, yeah, we don't really spend a lot of time with just like human males. I, I, there's really just like sort of one scene with a couple of human males and uh, and it's very brief. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, it, 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 it's I, yeah, it's totally I don't, I don't think I thought about it until, until you brought it up. But. Well, I mean, you you if you look at it through that lens, like there's so much uh, subtext. I think feminist subtext throughout the book here, and like in, even the old gods, they are all these these creatures, very Lovecraftian kind of creatures, and they have all of these tentacles, but they also have these eyes, right? They're kind of diamond shaped eyes, but they're mm-hmm. all turned on their side, and when they're turned on their side, they look like you know, a certain part of female anatomy. And so it's yeah. like that theme is all throughout this, this book of trying to, um, to, I don't know. I, I'm not exactly sure where it's going. I guess we'll have to read the second volume to figure that out. Yeah, definitely. And, and I, th- I think that's the thing. I mean, like with both of these books that we talked about, the one, the thing I think they have the most in common is the fact that they spend so much of their runtime setting up the story that you're like, okay, well, I guess I need to read the second volume to see if I actually care. Because yeah. I, I, that's when we're <laughs> actually going to start to get into character stuff. Right. But yeah, uh, cool. Yeah. I don't know. I, I it, uh, Anything else about Monstress? Or, or are, are we good on that nope. one as well? I think it's worth checking out. Uh, it's definitely yep. not a book for everybody. Definitely not a book for children. <laughs> it's so violent. I was so surprised. Yeah, yeah very violent. Um, is there is there anything else in the last few years that you've read that you think is worth shouting out and, and giving people a heads up that they should check out? Oh, man. Uh, where do I start in the last few I can, years? I can start because I, I can okay, give go a couple for of recommendations. Yeah, sure. Um if you listen to our Avengers versus X-Men uh, uh, episode um, and heard me talk about that, that's one of my favorite Marvel. That might actually just straight up be my favorite Marvel comic story of all time. Um, I They did a, a big event with the X-Men called uh, House of X slash Powers, Powers of X. Um, just, just uh, I guess at this point now, it's like a couple of years ago. Um, and I... Uh, it starts off slow. It's a little bit rough in the beginning and you're, you'll kind of be reading it going like, is this going somewhere? Like, 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 and, and, and desperately trying to figure out, like if you're jumping in at that point, like desperately trying to figure out like, what did I miss? Um, <laughs> only to get to the end of those two books and realize, Oh, I didn't miss anything. They shifted the status quo and then filled the reader in as the story went. Um, but it's a it's a, a a monumental like like continental shift for the X Men uh, franchise within the the Marvel Comics universe, um, and was fantastic. Uh, it, it, it by the end of it, it was one of those things of like it's really hard to see it until until you can see the whole picture. But once you can see the whole picture, you're like oh, this is actually quite a perfect X Men story. Um, so I, I really highly recommend that. Um, I, another book that, that, um, there's only four issues of it. Hopefully they do more. Um, it's just a really fun, like, like easy read, uh, is this book called Bermuda, which, uh, was done by boom. Uh, let me, let me grab my copy. That's right here. I, I 
So it's written by John Lehman. Uh, it's the reason why I picked it up. Uh, it's illustrated by Nick Bradshaw um, and the oh, colorist yeah. Leno Grady. Um, yeah, I love Nick Bradshaw. What a what a phenomenal artist. Um, and it's kind of just it's its own thing. It's uh, oh sorry, it, did I say boom? It's IDW. Um, I and I. This is a good example of a book that exists in its own world, but does not spend too much time trying to explain it to you, but just like, like very much like, and it's a part of the story of like, I we don't have time to talk about this. Yeah. There's lizard people, whatever we got to go. Right. <laughs> um, I, but, but yeah, I, I, if you, if you click with the characters, I think that you have a good time with it. Um, so those, those would be the two that I, that, that jump out at me. I have not read a lot of comic books since the beginning of the pandemic because I don't commute anywhere, which is where I primarily read my comics. So, was oh, yeah, right. so, um, <laughs> so, so I haven't read that much and I have a massive stack. I can't unrecommend the star Wars Marvel stuff highly enough. Don't read it. Don't read any of it. Don't waste your time. <laughs> it is oh all like not even Doctor Afra, and well, okay. I, I mean, like there there are exceptions to this rule for sure. There have been there has been some stuff um, in in the last few years, but I'm talking specifically about the High Republic stuff, which is their their main push right now in the Marvel comics, uh, Star Wars stuff. There's regular Star Wars running as well right now, but. Um, high republic stuff it is so like interested in its own world building and and story that it's just like i don't know other than the visuals with some of these characters i don't know what i'm supposed to be connecting with um you're supposed uh, to be telling us what we should read not what we shouldn't read. well no i want to i i want to vehemently i i I urge people to uh to to steer clear of those because i have i have a stack and they just keep on putting out new books and like at a certain point i had to tell the comic shop to uh, tell uh, uh johnny and andrew at metropolis comics i was like S- i i do not want these anymore i'm not reading them i'm just buying them and it they're just sitting um yeah it's no good i i there have there has been good star wars comics in the last few years but uh, but those are not them uh did i give you enough time do you have, do you have yep. something? Hey, actually I, I i'll do. give a, i'll i will give one good star wars comic that i can recommend sure. which is an adaptation actually of a novel but there's a manga adaptation of the legends of luke skywalker and it's fantastic it's a great oh, okay. little book um, and is that new it's not that new. I, I, it's, it's, it's now the Legends of Luke Skywalker came out like the book came out around the time of the Last Jedi, and then, oh, okay. uh, and then the manga I think came out like maybe a year or two later. So it's, it's well, that's it's still pretty, pretty recent. Around. If it's, if it's, it's, very, the it's new very tr- recent, trilogy, yeah. then yeah. Um, okay, but it's it's sort of it's an anthology of different stories about Luke Skywalker told from different points of view. Um, I and uh, and there's some really really cool fun. Here's the big thing: inconsequential Star Wars stories. They don't matter. It's they're not get, they're not going to uh, affect the plot of the movies or anything like that. But they might actually shift the way that you see certain characters. 
um, hmm. and, and give you a new perspective on, on Luke Skywalker as a hero. So um, yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed that one. Um, and then if you enjoy it, there's the whole book, which has more stories um, for you to check out. So there you go. Those are my recommendations. What do you got? Uh, okay. Here's a few. I have been um, watching and reading the Umbrella Academy mm. and uh, liking both of them a lot. Yep. However, I think I actually like the TV show better. I think they do a really much better job. The the, yeah. the comic book doesn't focus on the characters, really. It focuses on the quirkiness. Yeah. And while the show is quirky, it focuses more on the characters, which I think serves the purpose a lot better. Um, so I've been, But I've been enjoying both of them. I think they're both good. And um, I, I've been reading a lot of European stuff. One of them is called Pinocchio. I believe it's French. This came out about 20 years ago. And it's by a guy by the name of Winschluss. And this Pinocchio is not the standard uh, story. It's a pantomime comic. And um, Geppetto creates Pinocchio as a weapon of war and tries to sell him to the military. But since he's just a boy, like an innocent child, Pinocchio just wanders off. And everywhere he goes, kind of death and destruction follows. And he just doesn't realize it because he's just a little kind of mindless kid robot just wandering through (laughs) whatever town. And then Jiminy Cricket is called Jiminy Cockroach. And he's like a, a, a bum that's literally just living inside Pinocchio's head because he's got nowhere else to go. Uh, doesn't serve any other purpose, doesn't t- talk to Pinocchio. It's just a really bizarre comic that, uh, yeah, it, it has words. Some of it has words, but for the most part, it's not. But it's um, it can get pretty, it's not for kids. It's not a fairy tale for kids, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been also reading through a series called The Obscure Cities, which is um, a French comic that was done through the 60s, through the through the 80s. In many many different albums and um it's it's like high sci-fi each volume takes place in a different period of the same universe but deals with a completely mostly a completely different cast and a different concept but it's just a very unique concepts about traveling through space and time the meaning of life and just random things i don't know there's one story called the tale of the grain of sand where um weird things start happening to three different points in a city one in one point sand just starts appearing out of nowhere and takes over this apartment building in another point um these rocks that all weigh the the exact same amount 167 grams or something like that just appear and take over another building and then in this other part this person realizes that he isn't losing weight but he's becoming lighter and lighter every day that passes and how do those three events relate to each other and how can the city prevent it from taking over their city kind of that kind of thing it's just a Hmm. very very different and very interesting but the one i i've loved the most is a book from first second and we've talked a lot about first second on our podcast because we love this publisher. Um, the book is called "This Is Our This Was Our Pact" about these two boys. Um, I describe it as 
if a 1980s movie could be accurately translated into a graphic novel, this would be what it is. It really feels like I'm watching like E.T. in, the, in its pacing, in its concepts. Mm. Um, and it's about this these two boys who go on a journey to find out um, what happens to these lanterns that get lit every year in a ceremony. They get sent down the river, but where do they go? And so they follow the river, and it takes them into this incredible fantasy journey where they uh, meet, meet colorful characters and meet, there's like, like a talking bear that comes and gives them advice and goes along in their journey with them. And uh, and it's just a really amazing, touching, heartwarming book that really focuses on um, a friendship that one of the characters especially didn't want to have, but eventually realizes that this is going to be a friend for life. Um, just fantastic. I absolutely loved it. So there you go. There's a few options cool. for you. Cool. Well, there there we go. That's it. We did it. We did a new yeah. episode of Blue Box Podcast. Uh, wow. Th- thank you guys for listening. I uh, will hope that you enjoyed it. Uh, a little bit of a detour from from the other stuff that we've been doing lately. And let us know uh, if, if you, if honestly, just if you want more. Um, Cause, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause, Cause I don't know if you guys don't, then maybe we'll just do episodes of cartoon afternoon instead. I don't know, uh... <laughs> man. I've been, we've been really slow at watching that third season of DuckTales. We just kind of pick at it yeah, once every I, once in a while, but know. Um, yeah. it's great. I still love it. Uh, yeah. I, I overall a fantastic show. Uh, yeah. But um, uh, Disney channel once again, uh, uh, setting shows up for failure with ridiculous release schedules of like, hey, here's five new episodes. And <laughs> well, it still made it 65 episodes. Like Disney shows don't last past 65 episodes unless they're Phineas and Ferb. And uh, this one made 65. It didn't get yeah. canceled before that. So sure. it had its run. Sure. Uh, and, and, and it did. It does have an ending. I have finished it. It does have an ending. And that's uh, nice. Uh, yeah, um, but that's a different podcast, and maybe yes, maybe at some point in the near future, we'll uh, we'll get around <laughs> to it. But okay. uh, I, that's it. That's it for this one. That's it uh, for this week. I uh, I will be back next week. Uh, I I don't know what it's going to be. It'll be an episode nice. of the Thunderquack podcast, but I don't know who my uh, guest host will be because Amanda uh, will be. Um, in the process of coming from Canada and going to Indonesia and uh, Whoa. Uh, going through um, uh, uh, quarantines and uh, procedures and such uh, that are required to enter that country. So, um, so she's going to be rightfully tired and not in the mood to time shift and do a podcast with me about nonsense. So, I don't know what that'll be. It'll be something. I'll find somebody, uh, and uh, and and uh, do a podcast and and uh, hang out with you guys, and we'll talk about something cool. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I don't know. We've got big stuff coming in the future. It's some 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 big changes, but we're yeah. not quite ready to talk about them yet. But, uh, but well, and but I'll be still some... around. Um, if yeah. you can you can visit me at the Epic Marvel Podcast. I'll still be around, podcasting as weekly as I possibly can. So yeah, check it out, epicmarvelpodcast.com. Cool. Uh, awesome. Uh, so we will see you guys whenever we see you. 
uh, whenever yeah. another episode of this comes but, out. But in the meantime, keep reading comics. Oh, 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 o